Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Better Daily. Where we work hard in our minds, bodies, and our spirits to become 1% better every single day. Download the app and join our Betterment family at BetterDaily.live to catch the video version of these podcasts. Here's your host and my dad, Alex Van Houten. What's up, Betterment family? This is Alex Van Houten in Better Daily Live. Happy Wednesday, it's Wild Wednesday, and today I'm going to be talking to you about magnesium supplementation. Before I get to magnesium, though, I did want to say two things. First, congratulations to those of you men who are finishing up the Better Man Challenge today. Today is our final module in the Better Man Challenge called Ownership. It's going to be a powerful module. We've spent the last week writing our story in a thousand words after building through integrity, grit, strength, connection, intimacy, transcendence, truth, and finally ownership. And man, it's been an awesome challenge. I'll talk more about it later, but I did want to say congratulations to you guys because I know it has been a very challenging eight weeks on a number of levels. So congratulations. Way to stick with me. And then also, I wanted to let you guys know that the next Faithful 40 Challenge will will start on May 1st. Registrations aren't open yet, so look for that. You'll see some stuff come through on the app to get registered and invite your friends and that sort of thing. But that one's coming on May 1st. So we've got some weeks to get our minds right around what we're going to accomplish in 40 days together. So I'm excited about that. Good morning, Robin. Good to see you this morning, man. So magnesium. Last week, I I recommended that you listen to the episode on vitamin D. And I talked about, hey, we're we're entering the, the season where you're able to get vitamin D from your skin. I saw the UV index was like seven yesterday here in Arkansas, which is a good UV index. Okay, if it's three or lower, you're not going to make much vitamin D, especially if you're dark skinned. But when you start to get to five, seven, nine, you're starting to be able to make quite a bit of vitamin D in 20 minutes with good skin exposure. And I was telling you about how during most of the year, especially if you're working indoors or you generally aren't outside with your shirt off, that sort of thing, then you need to supplement with vitamin D. It's the most commonly deficient vitamin that people have. And it's not actually a vitamin, it's a hormone. But I promised you to talk to you about magnesium. And the reason I talked about vitamin D there is because I recommend vitamin D more than any other supplement to just about everybody. Because there's very few contraindications and most people need it terribly. And magnesium is a very close second. So the show that I'm going to link here and that you get to hear in just a second is me going through the research with regard to magnesium supplementation and and also digging into what forms of magnesium are worth taking versus what forms aren't and I wanted to highlight that right so so this 
is magnesium bisglycinate. This is what I keep in my pantry and generally recommend to my clients. In fact, I have a client who's coming in in 20 minutes and I just throw some in his water bottle when he gets here because when it comes to magnesium supplementation, there's so many positive benefits. Lowered blood pressure, improved ability to recover. For guys, you'll see an elevated testosterone response with regard to magnesium supplementation. Most of us don't get enough magnesium in our diet anyway. And if we do, especially if we're doing like an exercise regimen or whatever, we sweat some of it out. It's one of the major electrolytes. But let, let me give you an example of what magnesium does. Okay, so make your muscle flex. I just wanted to flex on you. I'm just kidding. So, so when your muscle flexes, then that requires calcium ions. Okay, CA2 plus calcium ions. Your body requires calcium ions to contract muscle tissue. So when you flex, calcium ions. When you relax, the signal to relax requires magnesium ions. And if you are deficient in magnesium, what that means is your muscles stay tight. They don't relax very well, which makes you less flexible than you should be. So a good indication of whether or not you're magnesium deficient is can you touch your toes? I'm not saying that's 100% diagnostic, but it's a very, very good start. So I've, I've had people, for instance, who were magnesium deficient, couldn't touch their toes, started supplementing with magnesium, and about three days later, they could touch their toes. And you're like, what? I didn't have to practice stretching? No, you didn't have to practice stretching. You just needed to give your muscles the ions that it needed in order to relax. And lo and behold, improved sleep followed and better recovery and that sort of thing, because magnesium supports the ability of the parasympathetic nervous system to relax. So anyway, all that to say, if you go to the drugstore right now and go through the supplement aisles and you look at magnesium, you'll see a whole bunch of different kinds. You'll see magnesium oxide and magnesium citrate and magnesium malate. And you're like, well, what should I get? I recommend magnesium bisglycinate for a couple reasons. The first reason is it's the most easily absorbed form of magnesium so it doesn't sit in your digestive tract. This is really important, especially for those of us with high gut motility. That means things tend to run through us pretty quickly. If we take other forms of magnesium, like magnesium oxide or magnesium citrate, it'll have a diuretic effect, meaning that we'll actually collect more water in our colon. And well, that's not any fun in the bathroom that you have to visit 10 times a day when you take the wrong magnesium, right? So that said, those of us who have high gut motility have to be careful about supplementing with magnesium because it makes it harder for the large intestine to get rid of water, which is what the large intestine is supposed to be doing. So magnesium bisglycinate gets absorbed before it hits the large intestine. Very, very important. The other reason I recommend magnesium bisglycinate is because, because it's absorbed so quickly and so readily, it you don't have to take much of it. And that makes a big difference too. So if you're using magnesium citrate or magnesium malate, then you have to take quite a bit of it in order to get as much of it into your bloodstream as you're working to get for the therapeutic benefit. So that said, magnesium bisglycinate, that's what I recommend. There's a few brands out there. I like Thorn personally, just partially because I trusted them once upon a time and it works. So don't, I don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> but I can link that also in this particular video. But magnesium supplementation 
I recommend it always at this time of year specifically, kind of like I recommend vitamin D really hardcore in the fall and winter months, magnesium bisglycinate specifically at this time of year, because if you're training well, this is a great season to grow muscle and burn fat. It just is. We're in the spring, headed into summer. It's a great season, not just because you might want that for the summer months, but because your body is in a good position to do so. Circadian rhythms are kosher with it. You know, the there's not as much holiday cookies around, you know, that sort of thing. Anytime you ask your muscles to grow, or anytime you ask your muscles to do more work, then you have to supply them with what they need to stay injury-free. And magnesium is one of those things. And here in the South, we're going to be sweating our butts off in the coming weeks. So if you're sweating, you need to replace those electrolytes. And most electrolyte drinks do not have magnesium in them, although magnesium is in electrolyte because it's more expensive. Basically, they're saving money on their electrolyte supplement. So supplementing with magnesium at this time of year is super important for muscle health, super important for cardiovascular health, and also for my men who are listening to this, it's going to be helpful with regard to testosterone. So I hope you enjoy this. I hope you enjoy this romp through the, the research, the do's and don'ts of magnesium supplementation. And I look forward to your questions. Do you supplement with magnesium? Yes or no? And if so, what brands do you like? I'd love to hear about it. Guys, this has been Alex Van Houten in Better Daily Live. I'll see you tomorrow where I plan on Word Thursday to go through the word neuroticism as we continue through our final of the five personality traits. It's going to be awesome. Until then, it's just 1%. You got this. I was introduced to magnesium supplementation about 12 years ago as a personal trainer in reading a book by Dr. Jim Lavelle called Cracking the Metabolic Code. He had a number of claims of what magnesium supplementation could do for somebody's metabolism, and I was intrigued. But what caught my attention most as a personal trainer was the deep explanation of how magnesium could affect the flexibility of muscle tissue. And as we'll see today, when we dive into the research of magnesium, there are many other things that it's been found to affect. But 12 years ago, I was in it for the flexibility. I'll never forget working with a client who had peripheral arterial disease, which is a very frustrating and debilitating condition, wherein as you start to become active, your arteries in your legs start to shut down and so your muscles cramp terribly because they're not getting any nutrients or oxygen, because they're not getting enough blood flow. This poor guy had it rough. He was in his mid-50s, and in our first session together, he could only do about two minutes of cardiovascular exercise before he had to stop because his calves and his thighs were cramping so badly. Another thing I noticed in our very first session together is that in a flexibility assessment, his hands wouldn't go past his knees. I remembered what I was reading at the time, and I suggested that he ask his doctor about supplementing magnesium. He's like, man, whatever you say, I'll try it. In our very next session, a week later, I noticed in our stretches, he got much further in his stretch, at least three to four inches closer to his feet. And I was like, wow, you've been practicing. And he said, no, I haven't been practicing, but I did start taking that magnesium supplement you recommended. And I was blown away. In the two years that I'd been training people, I'd never seen anybody increase their flexibility that much in that short a period of time especially without practice. And thereafter, over the last 12 years, I've seen that story played out again and again with regard to flexibility for magnesium. You see, magnesium is one of seven electrolytes that our body requires in order to regulate different electrical functions in the body. For this particular phenomenon, it's important to know that to contract muscle tissue, calcium ions are required to allow muscle fibers to shorten. And magnesium does the opposite job, so that in order to lengthen, 
muscle fibers require magnesium ions to counter the effect of calcium ions. That is to say, muscles can't relax without enough magnesium present. And while, like I said, there are many other effects that we're going to talk about today, for this reason alone in personal training, magnesium supplementation ranks higher than any other supplement that I recommend regularly. And since very few people are like me with Ehlers-Danlos, that is, hypermobile, able to put the palms of your hands on the floor and hyperextend your knees without a thought, magnesium supplementation is higher on my priority list than anything that I've covered so far. So let's talk about magnesium. What is it? What has it been researched to do? How do I use it with my clients and in my personal practice? What magnesium supplements are best? And how might you get more from the foods that you're eating? All solid questions. So here we go. As I said before, magnesium is one of seven electrolytes that your body requires in order to function properly. In case you're curious about the other six, those are sodium, chloride, potassium, calcium, phosphate, and bicarbonate. Now, each of these electrolytes are extremely important. Your body can't thrive, let alone survive, without any one of them. But it turns out that magnesium, compared to the other six, is among the harder to consume in our standard American diet. And for this reason, most people that I encounter who are working toward a health and fitness goal, especially related to body composition, that is fat loss and muscle growth, are suboptimal with regard to their magnesium levels. Now it's worth noting that suboptimal and deficient are not the same thing. Deficient refers to a state in which you're experiencing disease-like symptoms because you don't have an adequate intake of a mineral or vitamin. A good example of this is a disease called scurvy, which is a deficiency in vitamin C, or rickets, which is a deficiency in vitamin D. On the other hand, though, just because you're not experiencing disease-like symptoms of a lack of a vitamin or mineral does not mean you're at an optimal level with regard to that vitamin or mineral. Like my friend 12 years ago, he wasn't deficient in magnesium, but his significant increase in flexibility with just one week of supplementation showed that he definitely wasn't optimal with regard to magnesium intake. You won't hear magnesium deficiency spoken about in the doctor's office regularly because it's actually very difficult to measure the amount of magnesium in your cells. However, if you're listening to the sound of my voice, it's very possible that you've had your vitamin D tested, and many studies have shown that magnesium deficiency and low vitamin D are well correlated, such that those with low vitamin D can actually improve their vitamin D level by simply supplementing with magnesium. I actually started recording a vitamin D episode today, and then stopped to record the magnesium episode instead, because while vitamin D is extremely important, and we'll get to that later in the series, if you have insufficient magnesium in your bones, your bloodstream, and your tissues, then it's going to be very difficult to improve your serum vitamin D levels. And so if the egg comes before the chicken, which is true by the way, because reptiles laid eggs far before there were chickens, then magnesium's the egg, and vitamin D's the chicken. We'll get to the chicken later. So what do we have so far? Magnesium's important. Many people are suboptimal with regard to their magnesium levels and they don't know it. And if you are currently, or have experienced in the past, vitamin D deficiency, then it's very likely that you would benefit from magnesium supplementation. All right, so we'd probably benefit from magnesium supplementation. What are those benefits? Well, as in previous episodes of the supplement series, I've linked the research in the show notes below in case you're interested in reading up on it yourself. But since magnesium is a foundational electrolyte that affects many systems in the body, it's amazing to me what positive benefits come from magnesium supplementation in the research. And while these are fascinating and powerful, you won't find my flexibility results among this list because it's yet to be replicated in a double-blind placebo-controlled trial among the general population, but that won't stop my clients from getting an edge. So here are those effects. In athletes specifically, 
a significant increase in aerobic exercise capacity and in muscle oxygenation was found with magnesium supplementation. That means in conditioned individuals, by increasing the amount of magnesium available in their bloodstream, researchers found that they could handle much higher intensities for much longer and were able to measure much more oxygen in the tissues of muscles. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Now more research is needed to know if these benefits affect the general population as well as conditioned athletes. But it is a well-studied phenomenon that being dehydrated, which is not only a lack of water, but also a lack of electrolytes, can significantly hamper athletic performance. And while I recommend magnesium supplementation to my clients regularly, it's hard to know how much of their progress from a cardiovascular standpoint is just a product of their hard work versus magnesium supplementation. But for those who are well-conditioned and aren't currently taking a magnesium supplement, I would recommend giving it a shot and seeing if you improve your aerobic performance. While those effects are exciting and robust, the next four effects are way more relevant to the body composition change world, and that is lowered blood glucose and A1C, lowered insulin, increased insulin sensitivity, and decreased blood pressure. Two and a half years ago, I published a series called The Hormone Pyramid, and in it, I worked hard to construct not only the argument, but also the practice of optimizing our hormones to improve our body composition, rather than simply counting calories. I've built a lot on that work since then, but one of the things that will still always hold true from The Hormone Pyramid in my own coaching practice is an emphasis on insulin sensitivity and blood sugar regulation. If you don't take anything else away from me today, you can't burn fat well unless your body knows how to utilize carbohydrates and is not constantly riding the blood sugar roller coaster. I've put the link in the show notes below if you're interested in learning more about what regulating glucose and insulin can do for your body, your body composition, your energy levels, and your overall health and well-being. But for our purposes today, I want you to know that magnesium supplementation has been shown all by itself without dietary changes exercise changes, or anything else special to lower fasting blood glucose, and three months later, A1C, which is a good indicator of long-term blood glucose in the bloodstream. And not only that, but it's also lowered insulin, which is an important hormone in the body that if it's high, makes it very difficult for the body to tap into your fat stores. Lastly though, and most importantly, magnesium supplementation improved insulin sensitivity. That's a big deal because it suggests that magnesium supplementation all by itself will improve your body's ability to regulate blood sugar, will reduce the hormone that makes it hard to use fat as a fuel source, and it will improve it for the long haul by making your cells more responsive to the hormones that regulate blood sugar. Now, I might be more excited about these effects than you are, because I know as a personal trainer, it takes months and months of dietary habit change to see the kinds of improvements in blood glucose, insulin, and insulin sensitivity that those supplementing with magnesium find in just a few short weeks. And while I hope you know by now that the idea of supplement use is not to be a magic bullet so that you don't have to make any other changes in your nutrition, it is important to me that clients see relatively fast returns on their investments in themselves, especially if it means returns for the long haul. And there are no indications that discontinuing magnesium supplementation immediately elevates blood glucose, 
or insulin, or reduces insulin sensitivity. That is to say, if you can supplement magnesium while you're working to make improvements to your nutrition, you'll see better, faster, and more long-term results. A side note about these effects regarding magnesium is that it seems that obesity, that is clinically a BMI over 30, seems to be one of the primary risk factors of magnesium deficiency. And since obesity is often related to poor blood glucose regulation, poor insulin sensitivity, and too much insulin in the bloodstream, then unless contraindicated, any of my clients who are wrestling with obesity are immediately fantastic candidates for magnesium supplementation. And so we found that athletes would benefit from magnesium supplementation, and those on the opposite end of the body composition spectrum would also benefit from magnesium supplementation. But you also heard me mention a decrease in blood pressure. Remember when I said that muscles contract thanks to calcium ions, and muscles are able to relax thanks to magnesium ions? Well, are you aware that your cardiac tissue, that is your heart and your arteries, are a special kind of muscle tissue, and that the less able they are to relax, the more likely you are to have high blood pressure? One of the most powerful and robust effects of magnesium supplementation is lowered blood pressure. This is especially important in those who have been taking calcium in order to prevent things like osteoporosis, but because of the increased calcium ions in their bloodstream, have inadvertently increased their blood pressure. The good news is, you can balance out your calcium intake with magnesium, and the better news is, 50% of your magnesium is stored in your bones, and so having calcium and magnesium together actually improves some of the bone density markers that you're trying to improve anyway. It's a win-win, and you're welcome. This effect on blood pressure, however, plays into some of the contraindications we'll talk about, because if you're already being treated for high blood pressure, especially with a calcium channel blocker, and you add magnesium on top of that, you could be making a bad situation worse, and we don't want that. The last studied effect that needs more research, but is still pretty impressive, is improved sleep quality. Now we know that the nervous system is split into two primary components, the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic nervous system is responsible largely for the things that you can control with your conscious mind. Things like muscle contractions, speech, and even the fight-or-flight response, where you get to make a decision whether you're going to fight or run, are all sympathetic nervous system functions. The parasympathetic nervous system, on the other hand, is more related to relaxation functions and subconscious functions that you don't control. Things like muscles lengthening, falling asleep, or heartbeat, and peristalsis in the digestive system. Now, since one is usually related to stress, and the other is related to relaxation, I often think of the sympathetic nervous system as calcium-dominated, whereas the parasympathetic nervous system is magnesium-dominated. Now, I'm not sure how accurate that is from a scientific perspective, except that most of the time it seems to line up, and so it would stand to reason that magnesium supplementation would improve sleep quality. Even though we're not really quite sure why that is, it might turn out that there are only certain populations for whom improved sleep quality is a thing with regard to magnesium supplementation. It might also turn out that the magnesium supplementation is only helping with vitamin D synthesis, and it's the vitamin D that improves the sleep quality secondarily, and not the magnesium primarily. Who knows? But like I said, the research is in the show notes below, in the case that you want to read up on it. Just know if you're wrestling with your sleep quality, that in addition to the effects that we've already discussed, magnesium supplementation could help you improve that. Alright, so that's the science. Magnesium supplementation can improve aerobic exercise capacity and muscle oxygenation among athletes. In obese individuals, it can improve blood glucose regulation and affect the A1C, insulin, and insulin sensitivity. And then in everybody else, magnesium lowers blood pressure and seems to improve sleep quality. So now, how do I use magnesium with my clients? Do I use it myself? What are the best magnesium supplements to consume? And can I eat this in my diet? 
All good questions. With my clients, I generally recommend magnesium supplementation in the first month of their program. And even though, like I said, there's no double-blind placebo-controlled trial to help with the whole flexibility thing, that's actually the primary effect that I see for my clients. You see, when you first start a workout program and your trainer recommends that you rest and stretch on day three in order to give your body some time to recover, you realize you can't touch your toes and you're very tight and sore from your workouts. Oftentimes you'll say to your trainer, how do I improve my flexibility? I am so stiff and tight and I hate it. And that's about the time and place where we start our conversation about magnesium supplementation. The other effects, boosted blood sugar regulation, insulin optimization, and aerobic development because of muscle oxygenation are all fantastic and welcome side effects that support my clients getting the best results they can in a very short period of time, but with an eye for the future. Most of my clients continue magnesium supplementation as needed throughout the entirety of their training program. And as I'll talk about with myself, there are different seasons in life that seem to call for it more than others. Now there are a few contraindications, that is reasons why you shouldn't take magnesium regularly, and so I want to list those here. First, if you're being treated with a calcium channel blocker for high blood pressure, then you're going to want to talk to your doctor about taking magnesium. If your doctor's open to it, starting with a small dose of it and increasing your magnesium supplement might actually be the key to helping you reduce or even eliminate your blood pressure medications. Don't do this on your own. Do it with the help of a medical professional. But the last thing I want for you is to be taking your blood pressure medication and your magnesium and then faint at work. Low blood pressure is no joke. Another contraindication is kidney disease. Now, those who are actually going through dialysis with kidney disease find that magnesium supplementation helps with muscle cramps. But if you're in the beginning stages of kidney disease, or you suspect that your kidneys aren't functioning super awesome, then let the medical professional who's monitoring your kidneys know that you've started a magnesium supplement, and they can track the relevant markers to make sure that your kidneys aren't bothered by it. Remember, magnesium is one of seven essential electrolytes. Your body's used to handling it. The question is, how much is best for you? The next contraindication is if you're currently treating diabetes with insulin, you want to be careful about magnesium supplementation. Magnesium can affect the way that insulin affects the body and how quickly and drastically your body responds to insulin. Remember, I said magnesium has been shown to improve insulin sensitivity, which means that if you're supplementing magnesium while treating yourself with insulin, you might need a little less insulin to get the job done. Again, worth giving your medical professional a shout before you end up with low blood sugar. Also, medications like antibiotics, warfarin, and levothyroxine can all be affected in their ability to be absorbed when supplementing magnesium. It turns out that having a large concentration of magnesium ions in the stomach at the same time as consuming those medications limits your body's ability to absorb those medications. It's not completely contraindicated that you supplement with magnesium, it's just contraindicated that you consume your magnesium at the same time as those medications. There are also some autoimmune disorders that affect the nervous system for which magnesium supplementation might be a problem. If you're already having trouble with muscle contraction, remember, magnesium tends to relax the muscles. And if you're having a hard time with muscle contraction, then adding more magnesium to the mix might not be the best thing for you. Those are the contraindications that the scientific community knows about. As for me and my practice, very few of my clients are contraindicated for magnesium intake. And unless you have something going on on this list, like I said, it's worth a shot. As for me, I incorporate magnesium supplementation, especially in the summer. Here in the humid heat of Arkansas, you sweat like a dog no matter what you're doing. P.S. Why do we say sweat like a dog? Dogs don't even sweat, except for their nose. But really though, in the summer, I generally supplement magnesium for every workout. I mix one scoop of my magnesium supplement with my electrolytes, my creatine, and my caffeine, and I usually consume it the hour before my workout. 
I also use it similar to the way that I use fish oil, in the sense that if I'm unable to eat the foods that normally have magnesium in them throughout the winter, then I have my magnesium supplement on hand to shore up that gap. We'll talk about those foods in a minute, but you've heard me talk about them before on the show, and so I doubt it'll be a surprise to you that I generally consume quite a high amount of them, and I recommend my clients do as well. Now, what magnesium supplement to take? I have the one that I take in the show notes below by Thorn Research, but I wanted to talk to you a little bit about how different magnesium supplements absorb in our system. One of the potential side effects of consuming a magnesium supplement is diarrhea. The reason for that is a high concentration of magnesium salts present in the large intestine will actually take water from the large intestine walls and keep it in the food. Watery food in your large intestine means diarrhea. And so if you're taking a magnesium supplement that doesn't absorb very well, then you're going to end up with a laxative effect. There was a study done in 2016 that did a really good job at looking at the relative absorption of different magnesium compounds in the digestive system. It was a well-crafted study. I'm happy they did it because they were able to compare five different magnesium compounds and show the rates at which they were absorbed. The more absorption, the less likely you are to get a laxative effect, and the more likely you are to get magnesium to the actual tissues you want it to go to. At the bottom of the list, magnesium oxide and magnesium citrate. These two compounds have the lowest absorption rate, and so if you're looking for a laxative effect, magnesium oxide and magnesium citrate would be the ones to go for. In fact, if you've heard of milk of magnesia, that's usually magnesium oxide, and it's marketed as a laxative. Again, those are the least absorbed, they end up in the large intestine, and the laxative effect is forthcoming. Now the next level up from that is called magnesium malate, and you could think of this as kind of the middle of the road. It gets absorbed into the bloodstream, but only about half as effective as the other two that I'm going to talk about. If you're taking magnesium malate, it's very possible you're getting some of the positive benefits, but it's also possible you could do better. At the top of the list, for most absorption into the bloodstream, and the least likely to be left in the large intestine, is magnesium bisglycinate, both chelate and buffered. Magnesium bisglycinate, that is B-I-S-G-L-Y-C-I-N-A-T-E, comes chelated and buffered, and both of those absorb about 100% more readily than magnesium malate, and two and a half times more readily than magnesium citrate and magnesium oxide. And so when I recommend magnesium to my clients, I'm very specific about which one I recommend. The more you absorb, the less you have to take. The less you have to take, the less likely you are to end up with diarrhea, and I don't want people to have diarrhea on my watch. And so if you ask me, I recommend you find a good magnesium bisglycinate, and I think Thorn Research does a good job with theirs. They add a little citric acid to it to make it taste lemony, and so altogether, it's a pleasant experience with pleasant effects. Can't beat that. And full disclosure, the link in the show notes below is our Amazon affiliate link. So if you do pick up the magnesium bisglycinate through that link, you've effectively donated two bucks to the show, and we appreciate you. Now the big question, can you get magnesium from your diet? Just like our previous conversation about fish oil in episode 7, the answer is an emphatic yes. There are plenty of sources of magnesium that you can incorporate into your diet. However, unlike fish oil, there are several sources of magnesium that I feel are contraindicated for the population who would benefit from increased magnesium. More on that in a second. Here's a list of the top 10 foods with the highest levels of magnesium that you can incorporate into your diet. Dark chocolate, avocados, nuts, legumes like peanuts or beans, tofu, seeds, chia and flax are my favorite, whole grains, fatty fish, bananas, and leafy greens. That's quite the list, right? If you've heard this entire podcast and you're like, man, I need to increase the amount of magnesium in my diet, and you'd prefer to incorporate these foods rather than taking a magnesium supplement, by all means, get it done. 
But for the population of people who generally do coaching with me, one of the things that I find is a desire to increase their magnesium as fast as possible, while also helping them to manage their macronutrients. Foods like chocolate, avocado, bananas, nuts, and whole grains all have a significant amount of either carbs or fats. And while somebody's wrestling to make sure their macronutrients are in line with what they need to do for this phase of training, I generally don't want them worrying about whether or not they're getting enough magnesium in their food. For my part as a coach, I emphasize fatty fish, which is a nice lean protein with great omega-3s and magnesium. But I also find that about one to two changes in somebody's dietary habits every month or two is the max most people can handle in addition to everything else that's coming their way. So personally, I find a magnesium supplement to be a wonderful way to boost your results in the short term with an eye on the long term, while also working toward improving your dietary intake so that maybe you don't have to be so reliant on a supplement. Now regardless, I eat these foods on a regular basis, primarily whole grains, fatty fish, and leafy greens. But I still take a magnesium supplement in the summer because of how much is expelled when I sweat and how important the health of my muscle tissue is to keeping my tendons, my ligaments, and my joints in the best shape possible with Healer's Danlos. However you want to do it, be my guest. But now you have the facts. If you have questions about magnesium supplementation, or you'd like us to cover a specific supplement in this series for you, join the Inner Circle at definingdadbot.com slash inner circle and drop your question there. Our free online community is an awesome place for special offers, live Q&As, and just a great place to meet awesome people who are working to become 1% better every single day. This series wouldn't exist without their awesome questions and without the awesome support of our listeners, and I'd love for you to be a part of that community. That's definingdadbod.com slash inner circle. This has been Alex Van Houten with Defining Dad Bod. Thanks for listening, and until next time, guys, kick butt, take names. Thank you for joining us for your 1% Better today. Don't forget to subscribe for the podcast. Leave us a raving review to tell others how Better Daily has helped you in your journey. If you want more Better Daily, download our app and join our Betterment family at betterdaily.live. Use code POD to get 25% off your subscription. That's P-O-D, all caps, to save 25% on your subscription. We all have a cross to carry. It's later when we do it together. Go to betterdaily.live today. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.